Welcome everyone to episode 34 of Third Heaven Authority Podcast. I'm Mike Thompson. You know, over the years, I've discovered that there is one element that really releases the ability to walk in the power, the authority, the glory of the living God, releasing heaven through us into our own lives and into the earth. And that is the grace of God. You know, in Galatians 2 verse 21, the Apostle Paul says, I do not set aside the grace of God. Now, I love the Amplified Version. It says, I do not set aside, invalidate, frustrate, and nullify the grace of God. I believe that living in this world, that there is a major attack of the enemy every day of our lives to keep us from walking in the grace of God. I believe it's one of the most maligned and misunderstood and mistaught elements that's in the Bible. And I do not wish to explain everything in this podcast. In fact, I really believe that it's going to take me a couple of weeks to get through it all. So you'll want to tune in on the next episode also. But I do believe that I can share some things with you that will really help in understanding how to walk in grace. And remember, if we walk in it accurately, if we understand the grace of God, then we will not set it aside, be caught up in the daily affairs of everything, all the pressures of this life and in this world. We will not invalidate that grace where it's not actually working through us. We will not frustrate or nullify, but we will actually release it in a full measure, and that will enhance our ability to walk in third heaven authority. You may also be familiar with John's gospel when he said in the first chapter, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Of course, referring to Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, the Godhead in heaven. And then in verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The entire message of the mystery of the good news of Jesus Christ and salvation in the New Testament is all connected with grace. Grace is the unmerited favor and empowering presence of God, enabling us to be who he created us to be and to do what he has called us to do. Jesus came full of grace and truth. It was built into him as part of him. It's everything that he experienced, everything that Uh, he intended to do to pour out on us was as a free gift, but it was more than that. And that's really what these two episodes are going to be about. I'm going to share with you a clip of a sermon that I taught a number of years back. And I want you to listen closely to it because I'm going to explain to you about the grace of God being the relational structure of heaven. I go on and share about how that legalism is the relational structure of hell. So listen very closely. Grace is the unmerited favor and empowering presence of God, enabling us to be who God created us to be and to do what he has called us to do. It covers all aspects of living in the kingdom. Now what about faith? 
Faith is the unwavering trust and motivating energy produced by fixing our hearts on God's word, seizing God's promises and power to make them realities in our lives. Grace is God's hand reaching down to man. Faith is man's hand reaching up to God. And when the two meet, the miraculous happens. Salvation, healing, deliverance, prosperity, victory in every area that we have. Grace is an attitude of God's kingdom for his family. And faith is what allows us to be in that family dynamic. Genesis chapter 1. You know the story, I assume most of you, about creation. I just want to pick up on one part. You know, he goes through and he creates the physical universe, animals and the plants and everything on the earth for mankind. But notice verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. In other words, what I wanted you to see at this point is that God is the one who created mankind. And he created mankind in his image. When it says, let us, and, and uh, he uses the word Elohim, which is the plural form uh, in the Hebrew, the names of God, uh, signifying what we call the Godhead in the New Testament, meaning God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Let us make man in our image. So, just as the Godhead is one Godhead and is a family, there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, there are different teachings that I could give from this, but I want you to just stay on point here with me tonight. Follow closely. There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But together, they make one. They make a family structure. God created mankind. And yes, I understand that uh, uh, it'd be very easy right here to teach about spirit, soul, and body, and so forth. But follow me. When God created mankind, he created them as distinct individuals. There was Adam and then Eve. And he told them to join themselves together and become one flesh, become family. They were to propagate. In fact, let's look at the second chapter, verses 18 through 25. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper 
combat compatible to him out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them and whatever Adam called each living creature that was its name so Adam gave names to all cattle and the birds and to the birds of the air and to every beast of the field but for Adam there was not found a helper compatible to him and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam and he slept and he took one of the ribs and closed up the flesh in its place then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man he made into a woman and he brought her to man and Adam said this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh so God created Adam and then divided Adam into male and female and created two distinct individuals and then told them to stay one what does that mean it means that he wanted them to exist as family when he told them to propagate and to have children you know the law of Genesis everything reproducing after its own kind and the human race was born he wanted them to operate in family structure and family dynamics so here they were in a paradise operating the way that God operates in heaven we know that that paradise didn't last very long but there's a couple of points I wanted to uh, bring out about it first of all mankind was created in God's image or likeness again God is an individual an individual Godhead with three members in a family structure he created man as different individuals and members of a family structure separate but joined Eve became a helper who is suitable adaptable and completing unto Adam they became one flesh reunified as a family so that they could be father and mother and propagate the human race so what I'm pointing out to you is that God is very interested in relationships he's very interested in family structures why because he has one you know it, think about it for a minute it's amazing to me and I know I've done the same thing as we're going along we have so many assumptions about God and about what heaven is like and it, somewhere along the line you know God has to just kind of like get into our head and begin to change those assumptions the kingdom of heaven is a culture it has a culture the kingdom of heaven has a family structure you see right there I want to go in and start teaching about the different aspects of the culture and I'm not going to do it tonight stay on point Thompson stay on point it operates as a family 
And there is a relational dynamic of the way that the Godhead operates together in unity, love and respect, but each one of them is recognized and allowed to be an individual fulfilling everything that they are. There is a heavenly host, and the way that God relates to them, there is a family of believers that are already there, and the way that heaven relates in relational structure to one another is what I believe and what the Lord has showed me is called grace. G-R-A-C-E. Grace is the relational structure of heaven. You've probably never heard that before, have you? It's the relational structure of heaven. Is the way that God himself relates to every individual. Whether it's in the Godhead, whether it's in the host of the family of God that's already there, or the angelic host, even though they're servants, he still honors and respects. He still accepts them in an individual basis, but connected and joined together as one for function, and so that all of the things of the kingdom, the dynamics of the kingdom, can be brought to the earth, and it all will be wrapped up one of these days when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back, and there's a new heaven and a new earth, and it all comes into completion. But that is the way that Adam and Eve related to each other. It's the way they operated. It's the way they related to God. They didn't have to work anything up. Faith wasn't even an issue. It's kind of like my dogs. I, not the best analogy, but I have two little dogs, Pomeranians. And they just think I'm God. I mean, I do everything for them. I feed them. I take them for walks. If they get hurt, I comfort them. And, of course, CK, my wife, and, you know, Brian, my son, we, we all chip in that. But you get the analogy. They're not running around trying to have enough faith as to whether or not they're going to get fed. They know daddy's going to feed them tonight. They like to be with me. They want to follow me everywhere I go. Adam and Eve had that. And that kind of faith and relationship was because of the grace, family, structure of heaven. My God. I think we've misunderstood so much. But it's time to get it right. Chapter 3. Begin with verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, 
a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of the fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Something happened in paradise. You can call it rebellion, sin, deception. But there's one point I want to make. Adam and Eve, because sin was introduced to their lives, changed how they related to each other and how they related to God. God comes down walking in the cool of the day as normal. Now, he knows what has happened. He's God. But he shows up anyhow to see what they're going to do. And where are, they? where are they? They're hiding from him. They're hiding from him. Somebody would say, yeah, it's because sin causes you to have to hide from God. It's a good point, but that's not where I'm going. The point I want to make is the absence of grace causes you to hide from God. Misunderstanding grace causes a misunderstanding in relationships and the way that we relate to God and to each other. Suddenly, condemnation and sin they know we're no longer operating according to their creation remember grace the unmerited favor and empowering presence of God enabling us to be who he created us to be and to do what he has called us to do all of a sudden Adam and Eve were no longer who God had created them to be the devil had come along and he had said Adam and Eve you know what? What God has done for you and what he's made of you is not good enough. You know what? He's operating the same way today in the hearts of every person in here, every human being on the face of the planet. The devil's trick is to come along and say what God has done on the inside of you. Oh, yeah, you can say that you're the righteousness of God in Christ. You can say that you're a son and a daughter of the living God, but it's still not good enough. And not good enough for God's sake. God, in the first chapter of Genesis, after everything he created, he called it good. And then when he created mankind, he called it very good. And what does very good mean? Nothing left out of the recipe. Exactly the way God wanted it. Perfection. It's cooked all the way through and through. And the devil comes along and says, that's not good enough. You, Adam and Eve, have to do something yourself. Take it in your own hands. You're not good enough the way God created you. You can't operate in this grace stuff. It's not going to do anything for you. You better start doing stuff for yourself and become better than what God created you to be. And they fell for it. And I know that I have fallen for it at times in my life. And I know so many people around me. 
to fall for it every day. But I'm here tonight to tell you, you don't have to fall for it anymore. God, in a new creation, created you to be sons and daughters in his family. And the only way that you can relate to him and receive that salvation in the first place or continue to receive his blessings and all of the themes of heaven is by grace. Adam and Eve were hiding from God because they didn't feel good enough now. They fell for the deception. Condemnation rolled in. And now they're trying to find a way to be good enough for God again. God even had to kill the animal and establish a covenant with them so that he could keep them in a form of a relationship until the time that he could send Jesus Christ. Forgive my voice. It's a little weak right now, but I'm going to keep preaching. And when Jesus came, he came in contrast to the thousands of years of man groping for God by their own power. And occasionally you saw such wonderful men and women of God that would rise up like Abraham. And Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. But humanity was in a place where they were constantly trying to perform. It is an imperative to walk in grace if we're going to walk in the authority and the power of God and have it demonstrated in our lives. Now, next episode, I will continue, and I'll give you part two of that particular sermon because it's so enlightening. Part one, again, just reiterating that it talked about how that is the family structure in heaven. It's the way that everything in the kingdom of God operates. It's by grace. See, the righteousness is the culture of the kingdom. But grace is the relational structure within that righteous culture. That's what we want to tap into in order to walk in the authority and the power of the living God. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray for every single person under the sound of my voice, that, Lord, that you would quicken to their hearts and give them a revelation, an understanding of grace, and how that everything in the kingdom of God is moved by it. It's the way that we relate not only to one another, but it's the way that we relate to who we are in Jesus Christ as third heaven authority people seated with Jesus Christ in heavenly places. And out of that grace, there is an empowerment to be who you created us to be, but also to do what you have called us to do, because that's the sense where we can bind and we can loose and we can release heaven into the earth and walk in everything that Jesus has assigned to our lives, our destiny shall be fulfilled by the grace of God. So I release that revelation upon your people. I pray supernaturally for understanding, but also, Lord God, that you would heal their bodies, strengthen their lives, that you would bring prosperity and the finances would follow them, the anointing would be upon them, protection for their family. Lord God, Bless your people with covenant fulfillment by the grace of God. In Jesus' blessed name, amen. 
Join me in future episodes as I continue to share from my heart and experiences, and as always, from God's Word. Subscribe to Third Heaven Authority with Mike Thompson on your favorite podcast platform. Walk in authority and live in grace.